Wave pool technology is progressing at a rapid rate, and commercially surfable wave pools are opening around the world. Welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. My name is Nick Robinson, and through my guests, we take a detailed look at this fascinating new game. Check us out on wavepoolmag.com. For your curiosity and stoke. Great, so we might as well kick this off. How's it, Brian? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great, Nick. It's good to talk to you. Thanks for having me here on the podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I mean, it's kind of weird because it's essentially your podcast, but uh, I'm the guy who does it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have the voice for it and the, the brain for it, so you're doing it. Well, I hope my brain's working today, but what we want to do today is just talk about the most popular stories this summer that's been happening on Wavepool Mag and some of the most exciting developments in the Wavepool space. And if I, you know, just a little bit of background about myself is that, you know, I joined you, when was it? It was about, it was November 2019, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. You, you sent me an email and uh, said you, you liked what we were doing and you wanted to be part of it. And have I thought about uh, podcasting? And I just thought you were crazy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out what's this guy's angle and then I think we had a Zoom meeting and I realized you were just really into the wave pool space and you like podcasting. So you're a perfect fit. So thank you for that, Nick. I'm, I'm glad. No, I you're welcome. The lead button. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for taking a leap of faith because, you know, you didn't know me from Adam and just said, OK, cool, let's go for it. And then we started chatting about it. And I think, yeah, it's been a really, really amazing ride. And it's been exciting mm-hmm. talking about and meeting these incredible people in the wave pool space. So that's been really thrilling for me. Yeah, and it's been interesting because a lot of our team here at Wavepool Mag have been people who've just reached out to me from out of the blue, like uh, Sarah Beardmore, oh, do you want to do an app? And other people who've just uh, kind of found the space. It's it's really interesting that way. And, and it's uh, growing a lot, hasn't it? I mean, over the last, how long have you been doing it for? Oh, wow. Two, two and a half years? Two and a half years, yeah. Wow. And it's been growing radically, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our traffic keeps growing exponentially. So uh, we're wondering where the ceiling will be as far as traffic. We haven't found one yet, but I think it's just going to grow with uh, more wave pools. Yeah, absolutely. Every single time another wave pool opens, you get a spike of traffic. And, and looking at the most popular stories this summer, I mean, quite a few of them are um, you know like California desert updates, for example, the four projects mm-hmm. looking to open in 2022. And also, you know, new wave tech, like there's this circular wave pool out of South Africa, which I'm um, proud to say that, uh, that somebody's invented. That's really, really interesting. We have a look at that. And then obviously all the guides to the existing wave pools, they work really, really well. Should we get into just listing the current pools in operation? Because there's nine around the world right now. And... I know I've been dying to visit them, but because of COVID, it's been really, really difficult. Yeah, that's, you know, what the world is experiencing with COVID is uh, it's the new normal, but there's no normal or uh, no one knows what to expect. So places like Adventure Park Snowdonia, they just didn't open last year, but they're kind of back with a vengeance this year and they have a new hotel and their team is really like geared up to attract visitors the uh, Kelly Slater wave pool is, you know, the WSL. Should I just run through the list here? Do you want yeah, me to do please. that? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's the second one on the list, yeah. Yeah, second one on the list is Kelly Slater wave pool. And 
even though the WSL announced their Surf Ranch Pro isn't going to return, which uh, I think is a smart move. I mean, it's their pool, they own it, but the contest was was rather boring to watch and a lot of people didn't like it. So, I know, Can I just jump in there quickly? Because yeah, I know yeah. it's a little bit of a tangent, but I, I just think that um, the whole attraction with wave pools would be contests and you could have amazing contests. And I was surprised how disappointing the contest was at Kelly's. Maybe it'll change in a wave garden scenario where you can actually randomize the waves completely and make it almost look like an open, like, like the ocean. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, yeah. I was with some of the new technologies coming out, particularly the pneumatic wave pools. They're able to customize uh, the waves that come through. So, say you had like 12 different types of waves, you could even have something where you have 12 surfers, each surfer picks a different wave setting, and within their heat, all 12 surfers have to surf one of everyone's waves and they don't know which wave they're getting when it comes through. And yeah, because that's so the that, best part about it, isn't it? That sort of expectancy and, and not knowing what you're going to get because that's what happens in the ocean. But we've right. had like, I don't know, we've had what, about almost six years of wave pools now and mm-hmm. we've had a couple of competitions, obviously in Kelly's and we've had Stab High down in BSR. So mm-hmm. we haven't really got much to go on, but but Stab High seemed to do really well, but that's very, very focused on aerials, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So the same way wave pools have very much like segmented the active surfing and kind of separated it from the ocean, the Stab High event made aerial surfing the marquee, the thing to to pursue and go after. So as wave pool contests come around, they'll have to become more focused. Um, I think the WSL took ocean surfing and just plopped it into Kelly's wave pool. And uh, that, as we've seen, doesn't quite work. You need to be more uh, pinpointed in your accuracy of what the desired type of surfing is. Because, I mean, there is the opportunity to make it really exciting. And I suppose you know, nothing, oh, yeah. it hasn't transpired yet. And I'm dying to see why that is and why that happened. Maybe it was COVID that just put a dampener on all the contests. Yeah, but you're seeing, you know, some videos are coming out. A lot of people are doing a game of surf, which is like the game of skate, you know, call a maneuver and you execute it. And, you know, your competitor, first you're competing against, uh, has to execute it and make it. And, and that's pretty exciting. But I think Stab High was on with their, you know, highest air and most complicated trick and things like that. But with the technology is what's really going to kind of save contests and wave pools. And once it's randomized, I think it'll be much more engaging to watch because the audience won't know what to expect. The surfers won't know to ex- what to expect. Yeah, because that, that unexpectedness is probably the best element of surprise in competition the snag is that obviously wsl have bought kelly slavers wave co and and they're stuck with that kind of technology which you can't randomize Mm -hmm. to or you can randomize it to a degree i guess but nothing like a wave garden curve so that's a bit of a sticking point isn't it yeah it is but you know the wsl and kelly's in lamore is you know they're not hurting they're doing great they're booked up all the time they're between two very wealthy metropolises and it's a great test facility and it's doing well on its own. I think the grand design to have these all over the world, um, well, limitations were realized pretty early on with, uh, you know, the waves per hour and getting enough people in the, the pool to foot the bill. But they're finding out people will spend an incredible amount of money to surf it. I think part of that is the allure because it's Kelly's wave. 
And also, you know, most recently with the Ultimate Surfer airing on American television, and that just draws to the, the allure of it. That's another thing. Have you seen the Ultimate Surfer? I've just seen little snippets of it. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, it doesn't really interest me. I mean, the wave pool does. If I want to see half-naked people, like, have a bunch of drama, I'm, you know, we've got some neighbors who drink a lot. And I can, <laughs> I can just look through, <laughs> stand in their front yard and watch them. I, it's... Uh, well, I'm actually, because, you know, I think that the immediate knee-jerk reaction is like, oh, man, that's so uncool. We can't have that. And then there's Kelly Slater saying how awesome it is, and it's just destroying the image of surfing. But I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see how it'll pan out. And I think it's very different thinking about it, but actually seeing it in, in effect it might be interesting. So anyway, I'll reserve my judgment until I see the, see the episodes. But we do have BSR next up. I suppose we actually had Enland in Texas, which was the next pool but then obviously that closed that's been bought by the the kelly slater wave co or wsl and then bsr down in texas opened in 2016 the fourth pool yeah and bsr is um really interesting because they're just uh changed owners from what i've heard that happened earlier this year and they've been making a real push to make it a little more you know putting in restaurants and cafes and the facility and i think they even want to construct uh on-site place to stay so they're filing off the rough edges of bsr surf resort putting more resort into it i believe is um how they're doing it so that'll be interesting and they're super super busy they're just you know booked out all the time so that's a cool. good uh good sign for and they've industry. obviously got that royal flush which is an exciting looking slide i think every, <laughs> it's almost more exciting than the actual wave pool itself <laughs> Yes, if you like being frightened <laughs> to know it. Yeah. Okay. So Urban Surf in Melbourne is the next one up, and they've been going great guns yeah. for a long time now. I think they opened in late 2019. And, yeah. Uh, Ur- yeah, obviously, so you go, Brian. Urban Surf, is, yeah, they've been doing great. They've had a really, really hard time with COVID due to the, the strict measures the, the state government has has enacted and they've been closed, I think, for the past few weeks. And that's extended to uh, toward the, the middle to end of September. Despite this being open only half the time they've, due to being closed because of COVID, they've still made it work. And they're getting ready to open Sydney, which is another Wave Garden Cove. And they've got sites on Brisbane and Perth. So the model they've incorporated is working and they're actively putting that in other places. So if mm-hmm. it didn't work, they wouldn't be expanding. Yeah, I think the stats that are released were that they had 100,000 people within their first year, and they were only open for six months of that first year. So mm-hmm. that, that's like spot on their target, yeah. 200,000 people a year. So um, sadly, they didn't reach it because of COVID. But, but Bristol is also another group who have set their sights on having more wave pools, and I think they're proceeding with their one in London. I'm not sure. Have you got any updates on, on how Bristol's going? You know that the, Bristol itself is doing great. As far as their expansion, they had a 10 wave pools in 10 years uh, goal, and that's been, I have not heard anything about that in the past year, so I'm not sure what has happened with that. But Bristol itself is going really well, and they've added some new campgrounds and places to stay and really incorporated everything so yeah they're just humming along 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to going to visit Bristol because those tents look fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a, yeah. When I surfed it, it was uh, really, really cold. So <laughs> it would be nice during the summer. Yeah. <laughs> so what, did they give you like a five mil wetsuit and stuff that you could play with? Yeah, when you go and you rent out a kit, and it was, I think, I wore a five four with gloves and boots. No hood though. Yeah, it sounds like you need a hook, otherwise, otherwise you're going to get ice cream headaches. Well, I did one time because. I only had to paddle out through the breaking waves once. You know, the other times I was just over at the channel. But mm -hmm. one wave I fell in the middle and had to kind of cut across. And I took three waves on the head and definitely froze my froze my skull. <laughs> All right. So a little bit um well, it's actually not that much warmer down in South Korea, but that opened next. And they uh, that was the biggest wave garden at the time. I think it was fifty-six modules as opposed to mm -hmm. Bristol's forty-six. Am I right on those points? Yeah, I think Bristol and Urban Surf are right around 46. And then South Korea, of course, is 56. But uh, South Korea heats their, their water with, um, there's a, a site that incinerates trash and uses the heat from that to, to heat water in the area. And fortunately, they have some pipes that go uh, directly to their wave pool. So it's heated year round. So on the days when the air is really cold, um, the pool is still still manageable. Nice. That's always handy to have a heated pool. Talking, sticking with a the cold theme, Laia Bay opened up in the middle of Switzerland. I mean, who would have thought that there would be surfing in Switzerland? Yeah, that's and it's such a unique area in Switzerland too because it's a, a ski destination and it's you know just uh, the what you Americans at least what we think of when you think of. Uh, a Swiss chalet surrounded by Alps and, uh, you know, a medieval castle on the hill. So it's very much old world Switzerland with great surf. And they did something unique with their wave garden cove design. It's shorter than the other ones. And I know you had uh, the founder, Adam, on your show. Podcast. And what was their reason for doing that? I don't know. We didn't really get into that. I don't know why, but I think it's just a space reason. So they basically, they, you know, they cut it in half and they took out the beginner section where you could actually... But that doesn't mean that they can't take beginners because obviously they just dial the whole waves down. They can just can't take the professionals and the, uh, at the same or the experienced surfers at the same time as the beginners. So it seems like quite a workable solution. It seems like they're doing very well out of it. But it's Alaya Bay is a great solution because they've got a ski chalet and they've also got a hotel as well nearby. So it's all very very close by, and you can, they can obviously do a whole big package deal. So surf, ski, and stay. Yeah, yeah. And they if you go during the warmer months, they have a camp, like legitimate camping cabins and camping tents, mm -hmm. where, you know, it's just a five minute walk from the wave pool. Yeah, we were going to head out there, but um, our plans got stymied by COVID, didn't they? Was, <laughs> that would have been a fun trip. That really would have been good. I know. It was, it was that horrible thing of like, okay, I just need the vaccination. And then, you know, we get the vaccination and it's like, oh, the documents I need that you know, I put in a year ago are delayed by COVID. It's not always just like the virus. It's all the things that the virus impacts beyond, you know, health, of course, is the most important thing. But in terms of uh, logistics and legal papers, yeah, in this case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then across the pond in Brazil, Fazenda do Grama opened this year mm -hmm. in 2021. And yeah. to me, it was really exciting speaking to Oscar, who's the main brain behind it all. And, and it was incredible to understand his vision because that, what they've produced there, I think, is by far the most spectacular wave pool to date. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful pool, Nick, don't you think? 
Absolutely, yeah. It's just stunning. I can't get enough. I just watch so many videos of that all day long. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's neat. And also, interestingly enough, is that many of the new projects that we hear about here at Waveful Mag are resort residential developments, like in Palm Springs, you have Coral Mountain and Thermal and Desert Surf, and those plan to have residences around them. And Fazenda Dograma is the first one that actually is of this model. All the other wave parks open in the world now are a, a turnstile, pay-to-come-in-and-surf model. And Fazenda is, uh, is the first of what these other people are dreaming of developing. Yeah, and essentially it's a private development. So you can't just get in there and you can't just walk in there and surf. You've got to own a property or know somebody who owns a property in the mm -hmm. development. But by all indications, it's doing really well um, as far as the development goes. I mean, yeah. apparently they've sold enough uh, houses to actually offset the cost of the, of the development of the wave pool. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that podcast you did with uh, Oscar. And uh, I learned a lot about Sao Paulo, mm. which sounds like a fascinating part of Brazil. Yeah, fourth largest city in the world. Who would have thought it? It's crazy. It's yeah. massive, eh? <laughs> yeah, really. And then going to another popular area or populated area, Shizunami in Japan was opened late. Yeah, when did it open? Just before summer, actually, just before the Olympics. They haven't opened publicly. Okay. Just before the Olympics, they did a few media junkets with uh, Olympic surfers, so they tied into Olympic surfing and had the different teams there for photo ops and to drop video clips. And then they set up their website, you go in, you register, and then you can, you know, buy a season pass or you can book your tickets. But they were all set to because I've been checking the website, um, they were all set to launch that and then there were uh, COVID restrictions, and they were forced to close. And they will be opening in a few weeks once those movement restrictions are lifted. So they haven't gotten off the ground yet, but they will. And it's really kind of surf-stoked area. It's close to the beach. So this will be an interesting model because it'll be one of the first wave pools that's within spitting distance of the ocean. Hmm. Yeah, and that's an American wave machine's pool as well. So we, you kind of have to mention New England as well. Is there, no, not New England. Where, where's the other American wave machines just outside New York? New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah, uh, Scudden Surf, uh, Scudden Surf, American Dream. And that's been going for some time. Are they, do you know if they're still open? Yeah, yeah, they are. They're doing really well. They had originally you had to book it as a, um, like you and some friends as a private session. And this year, they, or earlier this year, they started opening to individuals. So if you look online and you find a session, they book up to 15 people in a session, and it's a two-hour session. So if you know there, you look online and there's only 10 people there, then yeah, you can jump in on the session and share the session. Yeah, and if you want to see what it's really like, you can go and check out Ben Gravy on YouTube because he's been hanging out there quite a lot, I think. Yes, uh, yes. He and uh, Rob Kelly. Rob mm -hmm. Kelly, who's got, you know... You know, I think we have great jobs. Rob Kelly's got a better job. He uh, <laughs> He's an ambassador for Perfect Swell. So he gets to travel around and, and surf at these wave pools and uh, drop social media clips about them. Because if they got much much in the pipeline, I mean, it sounds like all these wave tech companies have a lot 
a lot of projects that are going to come out the ground. So where do you think the next American Wave Machines pool is going to be? Obviously, they've got BSR, New Jersey, and Japan. There are a couple of slated for Brazil, aren't there? Yeah, I think Brazil will probably be the next one. The other one was Virginia, but they might have switched to another technology company. I'm not sure. But uh, that's what I'd heard is that they hadn't decided on which technology. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd go with Brazil. (laughs) Okay. And talking about American wave machines, I think it's been quite interesting over the last couple of months how some new wave pool tech is still coming out. I mean, it seems like every month there's going to be a new wave pool tech company coming out. Mm -hmm. It's quite difficult to sift the real business goers and the commercially viable projects as opposed to like, you know, scientists in their backyard figuring stuff out. But it sounds like something's going down in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And there's a chap who's developed the surf ring. How did you first find out about the surf ring? And what is it really? Basically, we yeah found out about it. They reached out to us. And, you know, we saw this really like pixelated video with models and it really looked bad. <laughs> And I thought, oh, no, it's another like foil hat person, you know, reaching out to us, which we get a fair share of. But then after talking to Peter, he realized that it's a solid tech and they built a scale model and we saw some clearer images and video and uh, it looks really solid. You're not producing waves with pneumatics or levers or something like that you have. From what I understand, I hope I'm doing this justice, is you have under, in a circular pool underneath, you have a waveform that spins, you know, like the blade on a propeller. And as it moves along, it produces this wave. And that's what you surf on. So it's essentially like a cross between a soliton wave pool and a sheet wave. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to put it, Nick. And yeah, Mm. that's uh, basically what it is, which, you know, Should it work at scale? It solves a lot of problems. You can have a really long ride. You don't have to have a huge footprint. And uh, you can get people on and off in in an orderly fashion. And you'd imagine the cost of developing it is quite low compared to having a big, massive, you know, three-hectare pool, whereas you could just have something like this. And you're right, you can get a lot of throughput through that. So I was really excited when I saw that. I really was. I thought this is definitely a goer. Do you know how far away they are from having a a full-size replica or a full-size demo model? No, I don't know. They do have some plans. No, I I don't have access to that right now. Well, hopefully I'm going to be able to get on a podcast with, it's Peter from Mm -hmm. Surfering. Hopefully get on a podcast with him soon. We'll be able to find out all about it because it sounds exciting. Sounds like an exciting, exciting yeah, concept. And the neat thing from where we're sitting is it's uh, totally unique, it, and that's always exciting. Is it similar to the Okahina or Okahina? How do you say that? Okahina. Okahina, the French. But guys. it's French, so it's Okahina. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Very well um, pronounced, though. Yeah, the H isn't pronounced if it's French, but that's interesting. I'm still not fully clear on how that works in terms of uh, wave generation. But it might be a similar principle mm-hmm. where they have uh, something underwater that that produces the, the waves. Yeah, it'll be exciting to hear some more about Okahina as well because um, they've been quite tight-lipped about their project. So hopefully in the coming months yeah. we'll be able to yeah, understand I think a bit more. That might be a French thing too because there's a big push against wave pools here in France. And my last conversation with uh, Laurent 
he said, oh, we're not a wave pool. We are an environmental enhancement device. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's definitely a wonderful euphemism. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's uh, being very cautious with uh, what mm -hmm. they're putting out there. And I've heard about the Westlake Wave Co. using, I think you told me about them the other day. They're using paddles a la Wave Garden to produce great waves. And apparently it's half the cost of a Wave Garden. Do you reckon that's a goer? Yeah, that's what they claim. It's half the price. And just had a quick phone call with them. And they're using paddles, which, you know, I thought was something that you could patent. And uh, so that, you know, other technologies wouldn't be able to use it. But apparently, the president was telling me it's the shape of the pool that comes down in the patent. So uh, as a result, you know, they have a pretty uniquely shaped pool, you know, kind of like the bat signal logo <laughs> yeah it seems like they push out waves on one side and then they're on the other side as well the beginner waves are on the other side it's right different so, but the, i think they're using the like wave garden using the inertia from the paddles to send out waves in uh, both directions which is a smart idea if you're expending the energy to move the paddle through water which takes an incredible amount of energy is that you benefit from it swinging back the other way and they're solid engineers they have backing and they're pretty savvy. They're marketing toward the kind of beginner intermediate set. So while it's not quite a first generation Typhoon Lagoon type wave, and it's not quite on the other end, it's, they're not going to have a beast mode like Wave Garden does. So it will, I think their max wave height is four and a half feet that a, a system will be able to produce. But they're also touting a smaller footprint. Well, hopefully we can chat to them as well and get some information from the horse's mouth. That'd be great to understand more about that project because it sounds sounds different. It sounds exciting. Yeah, it's a really interesting system. And again, uh, very unique and very different. And the other, I'm going to jump in <laughs> and step, step on your podcast as I usually do. No problem. Do. Sorry, you can step all over. <laughs> um, the other thing is Diego from Olas, wait, Wave Generation Systems in uh, Quito, Ecuador, they've just uh, perfected their larger pool and uh, have just released some clips. And they're on the verge of an announcement to, to build a project. So Great. that's exciting so that's too. a life-size surfable pool. Yes, yes. And they will be making that happen. Oh, that'll be exciting. Can't wait to see that. So what, you know when that's scheduled to come out? No, no. We have uh, an interview coming up, so we'll get all the details then. Awesome. Look out for that coming soon to wavepoolmag.com. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so Brian, the most popular stories this summer, we hinted at those in the beginning, yeah. how Kelly's wave pool works. I mean, don't people know by now? No, and this is kind of an echo effect of the ultimate surfer, where people, you know, search engines, Google being what it is, you know, people are searching for that. And, uh, Fortunately, due to our content on wave pools, it's come up a lot in people's searches. So everyone's reading about how the wave pool works, which is, cool. you know, there's a little more to it than just the foil, but it's proving popular. Sure. And then obviously California has been proven pretty popular. So because there's four projects looking to open in 2022. So let's just run through those four projects again. One is the PSSC, right? The Palm Springs Surf Club. Because they yes. opened and then they closed again. Right. They opened their test pool, which was, I believe, like a four-chamber 
pool or uh, just had a few yeah, chambers right. yeah. to produce waves. And then they did a bunch of video clips and then uh, destroyed it. They tore it down. And now they're building an eight-chamber pool, which is twice as large and will be the one that you or I go and surf in when we visit Palm Springs Surf Club and, and use their surf block technology. And that's the one done by Shane Magnuson, Magnuson at a um, abandoned water park in Palm Springs. So that will come up and um, there are whispers in the community it'll be open spring next year. Awesome. And do you know if there's going to be anything around it, like you know, hotel, accommodation, golf course, blah, 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 all yeah, that I kind think of stuff? It's, there's enough of that in Palm Springs in the area. So it's just like a water park to net destination, a surf destination. Oh, okay, cool. You know, although with the price tag, because it's like $50 million or something, they will probably have something. That's a good point. Maybe they'll do tours of the disused water park because I think um, Casey Neistat, when he went there, got a real eye full of that and loved it. They really, yeah, really yeah, running I love down. that because yeah, because out of all the vlogs that came out of there, you know, we have the usual surf ones, and it took someone like Casey Neistat to put a new twist on it. And he was fascinated oh. with the abandoned water slides, and uh, so he was yeah, took took his camera up there and you know walked around, and I really liked his interpretation of it because it was uh, stripped down of all the marketing gloss. So, yeah, he's a real authentic storyteller, isn't he? He's great. He's fantastic. Yeah, I wish yeah, he was still doing it. <laughs> so that's number one in California. The second one would be what? Oh, Thermal four. Beach Club, which is out in a town called Thermal. And there's already the Thermal racetrack out there. And what that is, is wealthy individuals can go and race high-end cars on a closed track. And also have residences there. So they want to do the same thing, but with a wave pool as the center instead of a racetrack. And that one is going forward. It's a very depressed area. So what their developers have made uh, concessions to give back to the community and support with some infrastructure. There's still a lot of resistance against it. We just had a reporter, Neil Armstrong, report on that. And that's up on the site as well. But yeah, there is pushback. Mm. Well, that's what, because there doesn't seem to be that much pushback in the States regarding wave pools. There's so much happening in France against wave pools, which is quite sad right. to see. Right. Well, the yeah, the issue in the for the desert wave pools is water. But um, apparently there's, uh, in desert areas, there's underground aquifers, which is kind of like the community that everyone draws mm-hmm. water off of. And, you know, if you <laughs> look at a satellite picture of the area, it's all green in this desert. And then where they stop irrigation, it's just scrub, you know. Yeah. So you realize how artificially enhanced the area is. People have trouble with humidity there. It's humid now where it never used to be because there's so much irrigation for lawns um, and golf courses. Well, I guess I should make a choice between golf courses or surf pools because, you know, obviously surf pools are much more economical with water, even though it wouldn't appear like that on the surface, but um, mm-hmm. it'd be great. So, so you could take away a few holes and put a wave pool for every single hole. Yeah, yeah. And the delegation of water rights is not uh, is done through a, a water use agency. And they're the ones who, you know, it's not the local mayor. So they're the ones who say, okay, there is enough based on your use of whatever it is, 20 million gallons per year, there is enough water in the system for you to build this and develop it. So all these projects have already received that approval, or most of them have, that I know of, have received the approval for water use. 
Desert Surf, they've also got approval for that, and they seem to be charging ahead quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, they're doing well, and they've, they've got funding, and they're ready to go. That'll be interesting, too, because that's a Wave Garden Cove, and that is one of the longest-running ones. It was one of the first, and people are really excited about that, and I'm anxious to see that one break ground. Yeah, I guess we'll hear, we'll hear when they break ground, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think um, Shane Beshin was involved in that to some degree um, with Desert Surf. Yeah, yeah. They uh, have a few pros signed on, Josh Kerr and I think the Hobgoods. So, yeah, there's a lot of kind of SoCal industry backing that one. Okay, so we've got Desert Surf, we've got PSSC, the Palm Springs Surf Club, we've got Thermal, and there's a fourth one. Is that the Kelly Slater Coral? Yes, Coral Mountain. Coral Mountain. Yeah, and Coral Mountain is uh, originally the land was set to become another golf course. They are, it's just got tons of golf courses. But Michael Schwab and his group want to, you know, do a surf resort, a private residential mixed use surf resort with a Kelly Slater pool. And we did an interview with Michael and he talks about how the pool will work and how they will, like you and I were talking about earlier, increasing throughput capacity by having a different shape. So it's not just going to be the long ruler that Kelly Slater and Wave Pool and Lamar is. It will be shaped a bit differently. So you can fit more people in to ride different parts of the wave as, as it's pushed out. That project as well is meeting <laughs> pushback in La Quinta from neighbors who are pretty much opposed to anything built after their house was built. <laughs> so <laughs> you... <laughs> you get people saying, oh, it's a desert, let's keep it desert, but, you know, there's your house next to it. So it's interesting, and they're navigating that right now. So um, yeah, It sounds interesting that they got different shapes. for. So when you say different shapes for the Kelly pool, do you reckon that they could have like a, a something on a track, which is a circular track instead of a straight-line track, or an S-bend track or something? You know, I think it's still going to be a straight track, but the pool shape might be different. When he described it to me, I kind of – Imagine, you know, like a double-edged axe, double axe, whatever, yeah. kind of that silhouette. So as it goes one way, it'll push out into a bay because okay. you're, you're using the power to generate the wave already. So once that's pushed out, your bathymetry, bathymetry in the shape of the pool can, you know, pretty much do anything. Yeah, it can reform and create all kinds of different breaks. Yeah, yeah. So Adam Finchman and the crew, I'm sure, are working hard at that and um, have come up with something wonderful and amazing excellent so what about the future if we look towards some new wave pool plans there have been quite a few thrown around in the last few months especially one in the uk in dorset what is it called brock something or other brock's pine yeah brock's pine that's super early and they just put that out there because uh they want to do a wave garden cove and near bournemouth and uh they're looking for this, this is they're just looking for uh, feedback from the community because I understand that it's an area that it's popular with like hiking trails. It has kind of a rundown park that needs some upgrades. And this is a really bare bones proposal. It's just basically a surf park and they want to build it and upgrade the amenities nearby. Which ones are you looking forward to the most out of the new wave pool plans coming out? The new wave pool plans coming out, my eyes are on Germany because yeah. <laughs> it's a country that just tends to get stuff done. And there's a lot of like Munich, the surf town Munich 
I'm really excited about. Because if you look at surf culture and surf evolution, I mean, Munich has uh, surf brands. They have a surfboard label. They have pretty much any surf town, anything that a surf town in Southern California would have in terms of like amenities and surf industry. But there's no ocean for miles and miles. And this all sprouted out of the river wave. And then from there, that spawned a professional rapid surf league and just so much more. So to see Munich finally get a wave pool, it's like they were surfing already and and just waiting for it to happen. So (laughs) it's going to be really exciting. And I think the culture is so flexible. Um, They have to be being in Germany that it'll just kind of create its own thing, its own unique thing that you won't find anywhere else in the world. Mm. That'll be so exciting. yeah, Munich. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm most excited about. I'm sure all the Munich Munich people who live there are going to be super excited about having that because yeah, that, you're right. That wave is historic. The Eisbach, yeah, that's been around forever. The rapid wave, and and you're right. It spawned a massive industry around it. What about other parts of Germany? And I heard some news about Berlin that Eric Randau is switching from wave garden to endless surf. Yeah, that's interesting. And they even found space. So to announce the technology. And to announce a space at the same time means that you're advancing and you've got your stuff together. The area, which is, it's just, I think, 45 minutes or an hour outside of downtown Berlin. You know, it's a small town, like 30,000 residents, but there's a local water park there that's really popular. All the kind of outdoor water river sports are happening in this area. So um, yeah. it should be a great addition. Yeah, I wish them best of luck. But I think choosing your tech based around the land is vital. You can't really choose your tech before you've identified the land, you know, because you, sometimes you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, and that's um, what, you know, every wave technology company always says, well, the shape of the pool can be changed. So um, I think that's one of their issues, you know. But mm-hmm. um, that would be interesting. Sorry, to, my mind's going with that but just taking all the templates from the different technologies and uh comparing them and that's something we haven't done yet but that would be a good idea for a story yeah but like you say i mean they're all adaptable and they say that they you know you can make whatever shape you like but i'm i'm struggling to see like if if all the wave gardens in the world are a diamond shape you know why would they adapt one because it surely would lose some of its efficiencies and it's been designed that way for a reason so i don't really understand that when they say you know you can reshape them well, you can reshape the, the shoreline where the waves stop, you know, much like they did in Adelaide Bay in Switzerland by cutting it short. The curved part at the end of the diamond, yeah, you could make that S-patterned or straight or uh, zigzag or however. So I think when they say a customizable wave pool template, they mean one side of the triangle. <laughs> it's a customizable to a degree, yeah. But they've yeah. certainly customized it quite a lot down in um, in Fazenda do Grama in Brazil, because obviously that that middle plinth right in the middle, as you can see, different wave pool, different coves have different things in the middle. So they've just got a glass barrier there, which uh, it says, mm-hmm. you know, Oscar was saying you can see the whole pool and it just feels incredibly like you're in, in the real ocean because it doubles the size of it, really. That's the only cove design in the world where you can see people surfing on the other side. The, uh, yeah. Actually, urban surfs kind of smaller. Yeah, urban surfs slow because they don't have a, a wall in between. But you do have a, oh, a wall yeah. in Bristol, don't you? Even though it's see-through. Yeah, you can't Bristol. You can't see the other side, and that's something that people, when they book a session, they go with friends, and it's like, oh, you surf the left, I'll surf the right, and you know, they think of it as the same session, but 
it isn't really because they're they're on two different sessions. Yeah, then two different breaks, really. Yeah, and there's also been some really interesting things talking about adaptability of WaveGarden. I was chatting to them a while back, the WaveGarden guys, and they were talking about putting a restaurant right on top of the wave generator, so you can actually look out over the pool from behind, which would be quite amazing. You imagine having a few burgers or something looking out over that; it'd be fascinating. <laughs> well, you can do that in uh, Switzerland. They have the Twinfin Cafe. And that's built on top of the reception area and, and the shop and everything. And they have an outdoor dining area. So you can have a burger and uh, watch the surf. Nice. Definitely like, got to get up there. Yeah, sitting on top of it. Well, I, I'm ready when uh, the French government's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready when you are. I'm just so dead keen to go. I mean, we've been traveling around a little bit like around Spain and Portugal this year. But um, it'd be nice to go and see a different country completely. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, there's like so many projects on the boil with over 100 projects around the world and possibly more. We can't go through all of them. So is there any last one that you'd like to discuss? Yeah, this is kind of a funny side note is that, okay, think of all the surf, the wave pools in the world. And if you were to kind of throw, it's always two words. It's like urban and surf. It's like wave and park. So if you were to design some software that automatically generated these names, <laughs> you know, and you'd throw in your words, surf, wave, swell, and then on the other side, you had park, spot, you know, town, whatever. There are, I'm going to quiz you, Nick, how many projects do you think in the world have the name Surf Town? Surf Town. Surf Town, correct. Um, I'd just say one. I don't know. I've never heard of this. There's one in Arizona, isn't there? Yep. And we just talked about the one in Munich. That's Surf Town MUC. Okay. Hey, you're cheating. I, <laughs> I see. I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> Where's one in Manila? <laughs> okay. There's three, right? So, yes, there are three. And um, for you know, for whatever reason, that seems to be the the popular name, Surf Town. Which is kind of neat because you're bringing surf to a town where no surf previously Mm. existed. So uh, the name makes total sense. But the one in Arizona is uh, will be an 11 acre uh, surf site with there. It's kind of confusing on the website because some photos are coves, some photos are perfect swell, and some photos are endless surf, which uh, tells me they don't quite know what they're doing yet, but they just want to get it off the ground. They do commit to saying that their machine will generate 400 to 500 waves per hour and be able to hold up to 30 surfers at a time. And yeah, we're waiting to hear more from that. So, I mean, that sounds like it could be a half a wave garden curve, like a layer bay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could. Possibly. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other surf town is in the Philippines, and that's in Manila. So just outside of downtown Manila, the bustling metropolis. Um, there are some people seeking funding. Gino Victorino, he's a real estate uh, veteran from the area, and he's got this vision to create uh, Surf Town Manila. And he's raising funding right now and um, will be uh, making it happen. And we did a story on them, and they have a, a nice little uh, video, and they're just really stoked to get this uh, project up and off the ground. And the Philippines, there's enough surfing going on there. I mean, it's an island. It's surrounded by beautiful water. So um, it just seems like a natural 
Yeah, yeah hundreds of islands yeah. around there, aren't there? Tons of yeah. islands. There must be multiple breaks. So that's three surf towns. So are you going to rename Waypool Mag to surftownmag.com? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy the domain name after uh, we get off the call. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, it's ex- as always in the Waypool space, it's exciting times and it's really cool to just take stock and look at all these projects going on. And uh, I am personally looking forward to speaking to a lot of these guys in the next few episodes. As, uh, yeah, you know, as yeah, we've already uh, started started the emails to get that going. So you're going to have a few of these people on your show and uh, be able to find out much more detail than I was able to provide. Yeah, brilliant. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on to my show, Brian, on your <laughs> website. So <laughs> it's been fun. As it's always cool to chat to you. Yeah, yeah, you too, Nick. It's always good. And uh, makes me kind of reflect on uh, everything that's going on. And hopefully we've shared some information with uh, your listeners and that they find valuable. And um, hope everyone learned something. <laughs> yeah, great. All right, we'll see you soon. Okay, take it easy. Wait, For your curiosity and stoke.